Hello and welcome to the Making Sense with Nikhil podcast. Just a quick note before we begin today's episode. Nothing in this podcast should be considered as financial advice. If you are ever in doubt about your financial situation, please reach out to a qualified financial advisor. With that said and done, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone this is Nikhil and thanks for tuning in in my previous episode I hope together we made sense of what a life insurance is who needs it and the types of insurance policies as promised I have invited a special guest on today's show to explore this topic even further someone who is not only passionate about his work but also about educating people on their finances Mitesh hey Mitesh thank you for doing this hey Nikhil it's my absolute pleasure Would you like to introduce yourself and let everyone know what you do? I know you for a while now, but I still might mess it up. Yes, I started off as an investment analyst, so that has been my field, and I worked as a investment analyst, equity analyst for seven years, and then I transitioned into being a financial planner. I have a master's degree in finance, and I'm very passionate about research, which led me to researching and understanding and auditing. a lot of insurance policies over the last few years and i guess that's the reason i'm here on this spot on this podcast today so life insurance not really an exciting or a sexy topic to discuss but being a financial advisor what does a life insurance really mean to you i think i think life insurance is the basic mechanism is just a transfer of risk from myself to the insurance company mm-hmm. because the insurance company can take the risk of my dependents being left without anything rather than i can right so i don't think life insurance is about me necessarily i don't think life insurance is about you it is not because you don't buy life insurance because you are going to die you buy life insurance because your family is going to live wow that was deep did you actually rehearse that line absolutely three to four <laughs> <laughs> but on the flip side you know there would be a lot of objections you receive against the life insurance from the people you're interacting with on a daily basis what are they i mean quite a few i mean in there are some notions or some belief systems that people have about insurance and they come across quite a bit so let me start off with the first one the first one would be you would usually get someone approaching retirement or already retired say that i did not buy insurance and i did not die young uh it's a very i think it's a very risky way to think or the perspective doesn't really help someone who is young because if we knew the day or the date when we would die we would not need life insurance the same way if we knew that we were going to die before the age of 65 then we don't need to plan for retirement also right so yeah i think risky as in you just put all your money on number 36 on the roulette table and you're hoping for it to come each and every time exactly and if the number is 36 that doesn't really mean that the decision was correct right it just means that i think we got lucky right so uh secondly i would say this is a very very common one where it's so people tell you that i don't believe in life insurance <laughs> uh i guess you have also heard that before yeah quite a few times not as much as you but yeah i've heard that from a few people i know Yeah, I mean it's not a religion, right? Don't really have to believe in it. But yeah, but in my opinion, anyone and everyone who has someone depending on their income needs life insurance. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, do I love and care for my family while I am alive, 
or do I want to care for them while they are alive? That's true. Yes, yes. and lastly, I would say another very popular one is where the breadwinner of the house would tell me that, like, if I die, my family will learn to live with the money that is already there. And again, it sounds so righteous and cool in many ways, but let's be honest, let's be fair. How many of us can take a downgrade on our standard of living? Hmm. How many? Yeah, I mean, only from my experience, I can say moments like these are extremely emotional and extremely difficult. And I feel there's no way a life insurance can protect your family's emotional stress in that moment, right? But I guess it might be safe to say that it can definitely protect them from the financial stress in that situation. Hundred percent. Actually, like I'm definitely going to steal that one. <laughs> Go ahead, all yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting back to the the standard of living point, it's 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 almost unfair because we give our family or our children the standard of living. They did not ask for it, but they got it anyways. And then for them, and then for us to expect them to take a downgrade on that is going to be very difficult. Like you already, your children already lost one parent to death. They don't have to lose another one to a full-time job. No, that, that that actually makes a lot of sense. But you know, if we try to dig a little bit deeper into the life insurance topic, you know, I briefly explained the differences between a term insurance. and an investment linked or a whole of life insurance in my best capacity now since you're here can you tell us how you see these policies from your view yes and again i would like to preface this by saying that that's this is just my personal opinion hmm. i would say that in most cases in the majority of the cases a term insurance will do the job for you like i said the the ultimate goal is to transfer the risk from yourself to the insurance company So the term insurance would usually do the trick. Having said that, there are exceptions to this rule. There are clients whose needs would be more suited to a permanent life insurance, and I think we are going to be talking about that in length, which is again right. called uh, a whole of life insurance, which is a shiny object in this industry. Yeah. Shiny yet very complex, and. I think I want to ask you what are the common misunderstandings around a whole of life insurance policy. Yes, so I think I would like to introduce whole of life and give like a brief explanation of what it is. It's just it's an insurance where you get coverage for the whole of your life as the name suggests mm-hmm. and it has an investment component inside the policy which is built in an insurance wrapper. to put it very simply that's the whole of life now there are a lot of misunderstandings regarding this whole of life policy and one of the very common ones is when i ask a few people when i asked a lot of people about why did they go for the whole of life they said there is cash value yeah i'm sure you've heard that one uh, yeah i've heard it from just the people i know but i'm sure like being in your field you probably would be getting that a lot yes absolutely it's it's very common and i would like to just mention the fact that when someone thinks that they have cash value in the policy the cash value is there in the policy for the insurance company to utilize that in order to pay you your death benefit hmm so basically what i'm saying is in case death happens the policy holder will get only the death benefit and not the cash value the cash value or the account value is only there for it to accumulate so that the insurance company can eventually pay you your death benefit right i think it's very important to know it's sort of not an additional benefit that you get along a whole of life insurance correct 
yes it's not an additional benefit you get along with the death benefit it's just mm. the one thing that you get that's a death benefit okay and the second one which is again a very common and a very dangerous one i would say because it can have effects on the policy is where a lot of clients say that i will not be required to pay any more beyond my term so usually these policies have a term during which a client would decide to pay it could be anywhere between 5 years 7 years it could be 15 years so there is this misconception that people have that okay i have paid for my term and i don't have to pay anything beyond hmm. it's not correct because if the policy is not performing as it should or as you have agreed upon then there is an absolute possibility that you might have to pay more into the policy in the future beyond your term yeah this is this is where i actually i had got confused when i was thinking about insurance i was pretty much sold on a whole of life insurance and i got a quote say for example for $300 and just to compare it to another insurance advisor i got a similar quote for the same insurance policy and you know the the difference between the two quotes was $300 and $500 each month and i was i started to wonder what is the difference between these two policies and after flipping through the pages there was just one small difference that i could point out was regarding this small number which is called the growth rate what is this growth rate exactly that changed my premiums from 300 to 500 for example yes so it's it's a great and a very relevant question so like i mentioned before the insurance has an investment component right so what we are saying here with a 6% or an 8%. So why do you why you saw the difference in the quotes is purely because of the fact that at 8% the premiums that you would pay are going to be lesser than you said at 6%. Hmm. It's because you are telling the insurance company that I think that my investment into this insurance policy will grow at 8%. Hmm. Now the problem here is that if you have agreed on an 8% because of affordability which is the case in i would say 9 out of 10 people where they choose the 8% because they have to pay lesser premium but what they are not maybe understanding is the fact that an 8% is going to be not as likely to perform at as compared to a 6% That's interesting, but why do you say that the likelihood of eight percent happening is less than six percent? I think it is. I think it is a function of the the returns that these funds have given over a period of time. And I also am aware of the fact that a lot of the times the advisors will will show the returns of an index giving eight percent or a nine percent, but the fact remains that majority of the funds that you are going to invest in. are not going to be able to get an 8% over decades which is what you are signing off on hmm and if you include the charges then the probability reduces quite significantly charges meaning what exactly what charges are we talking about so there are charges associated with the policy that you have taken in in this case the whole of life so just a few charges i would like to mention are Firstly there would be an administration charge or a premium load which is quite evident when you see your illustration where mm-hmm. you can clearly see there will be no allocation of your premiums in usually in the first 2 years or in the first 1 year so that's where the charges are taken initially to mm-hmm. to make the plan then secondly you have fund charges 
So the funds that you are investing in are also going to cost you on an average much more than just directly buying an index fund, for example. And thirdly, and I would say the most important one here, which has the most impact is the cost of insurance. So what makes the cost of insurance so important? Yes, I think in order to understand the impact that the cost of insurance has, it is very important to know that the cost of insurance in a policy like this will increase as we get older. That is the first step. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue that can arise is the increase will happen every year. But now if the increase happens in combination with the market falling in any given year, that's when you can have the cost of insurance increase overnight. And why this matters? Anyone would wonder why does it matter to the client or the policyholder? Right. It matters because if the market falls at a later age in your life, when the cost of insurance is anyways high, it can have a massive impact on your policy. And the impact being that there is a danger of the policy lapsing or the policy ending prematurely unless you add more money into the policy. Just to summarize this, I mean, in a way, you sign up thinking uh, there is a cash value, there are no premiums that you have to pay for f after 15 years, but, you know, you have things like the growth rate, the fund charges, which include the cost of insurance, that just change the game completely once you start digging into the details under this policy. It, it does change the game, and which is why I would also say to bring it back on the growth rate is to always it is advisable to take a relatively conservative growth rate and also the fact that it is very crucial to know all of this and have a plan and be prepared because that will mm -hmm. help you manage this policy in a much better fashion. Right. And you know, there, there are so many people I... I mean, not as many people as you know, but I know a lot of my friends and my family who've already got a whole of life insurance or a similar investment linked insurance policy. And there are a few of them who are actually on the verge of buying such a policy. Are there any ways that they can manage these policies better? Yes, absolutely. I think these policies need constant monitoring. So I would say any policy that is already in place or if anyone is trying to buy a policy like this needs to ensure that their financial advisor is monitoring the policy and reviewing it at least twice a year. Hmm. Secondly, I would say that they should regularly ask for a sustainability quote that you would usually get from an insurance company. What is a sustainability quote? A sustainability quote is just a document that the insurance company gives you which shows if the policy is going to sustain for the whole of the life. Or basically, mm. it is a health check of the policy. Right. It is important to know that, is my policy going to work till 95? Or is it going to end at 80? Or is it going to end at 75? It's going to be very important to notice these changes on a regular basis. This is just like giving you a car for the service maintenance that you usually give it for, so that it keeps running. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right. And then I would say to move on from here, I would recommend personally to go for a very reasonable or a conservative growth rate. Understand everything about the policy, read the terms and conditions. And most importantly, 
understand the impact that the market underperformance or market going down can have on your policy. I think that is the most important and anyone who has this policy, I would recommend to get it audited. If you don't have an advisor, get an advisor, audit the policy, understand the policy. So I, I think like like we mentioned in the start, uh, this is a really complex product. And uh, as per your advice, uh, which you rightly said that this needs constant monitoring uh, and a conversation with the financial advisor. So doing that check biannually and knowing where you stand, especially when the market is not performing well, is is key when you have a whole of life insurance or if you're planning to buy a whole of life insurance. And just to move on uh, from this topic, there's one important topic when you buy insurance policies, which is called a critical illness rider. Can you briefly talk about this? Sure. So critical illness is a very important rider in any insurance plan. So I would give an introduction about critical illness by saying that it is best used as an income protection tool. To put it simply, that if some person is diagnosed with critical illness, their health insurance might not exist as a company will not keep someone under employment if the person is diagnosed with a critical illness. Mm. At that point, if someone who has a critical illness cover will get a lump sum payout, and let's say in most cases people take approximately $100,000 to $150,000. And under the circumstances where one is diagnosed under the list of the critical illnesses given by the insurance company, they will get $150,000 lump sum payout, which they can use not only for medical expenses, they can use it for rent, paying a liability, and many other expenses. So it's very different from a health insurance. Right. Just like whole of life insurance, I mean, this rider as well uh, has a lot of supporting documents which could be be sort of overwhelming for just a normal person. When I try to go through the documents, for example, uh, it was a little complex to understand. But what, what do you suggest when you are going through documents like these, apart from talking to your financial advisor, is there any other ways that, you know, people can get help to understand these illnesses? Yes, I think I think in a time like this, in a, in a pandemic, it's even more important to cover all the bases. So I think the responsible way to do go ahead with this would be to speak to a doctor, understand the list of critical illnesses that are covered by the insurance company, and understand in what and under what circumstances will the payout be given, because like in many critical illness claims sometimes can be rejected because they are not part of the list. So to avoid that disappointment, it is beneficial to understand the range of the illnesses that are covered and also keep in keep in mind the fact that the inflation on medical expenditure is the highest in the world as compared to any other. So it is very okay. important to have coverage on that end. That, that's a great, great point. I think it's going to be very useful to keep that in mind as well because we know medical expenses are off the roof and they're just increasing year by year. Yes, double-digit inflation on medical expenditure for the last, I would say, decade. Wow, that's, that's huge. So what is the final verdict from Mitesh? What is the best approach, according to you, towards insurance planning? I mean, yes, like I said before, I think... Term insurance would be the ideal 
product in most cases and in some selective cases the permanent insurance would make sense for people and even in that case it is absolutely essential that one reads everything about the insurance understands the insurance and then go ahead with it this is so much important information that is i i hope it is uh, going to help a lot of people understand these policies better and uh, i think we highly encourage everyone to start looking into the documents getting into the nitty gritty of the terms and conditions because uh, a lot of these products are really complex uh, just for a normal person to understand but but thank you for that mitesh uh, just before we end this uh, episode uh, i have a few questions coming in from the listeners from the last episode and i have a few questions and the first one is coming from nikita and her question is that she understands that term insurance will act like an umbrella but why should she pay premiums without getting anything in return yes because i don't i don't think this is this is life insurance not really death insurance so this is going to be more a case of we do not need the life insurance because we get the money we are buying the life insurance so that the family can get the money when we are not there to provide for the family and an analogy mm. i would like to use is when someone has a spare tire in their car and then let's say 5 years down the line i i really think that no one is going to think that why did i have a spare car or spare tire in my car and none of the tires ever burst because what we did was to mitigate the risk which is exactly. what an insurance policy does and that is the ultimate aim here yeah i think that's a very very good way to look at this and uh, i have another question coming in from disha and she is asking us how much coverage does one need i i mean that's an interesting question and again it is very subjective i would say the thumb rule is usually 10 to 15 times your annual salary that should be the coverage one should look for from the stats that we see i would say a majority of the people are underinsured in this country and i think it would be beneficial to take as much as possible as and as young as possible because i can promise you if someone at the age of 30 takes an insurance of let's say 200000 dollars and then at the age of 35 they are diagnosed with a critical illness the insurability takes an absolute nose dive and at that point it the biggest regret would be not taking a higher insurance cover at an early age right and i think it's sort of very difficult to put an economic value on someone's life and like like you said uh, under insurance is an issue maybe over insurance could be an issue as well right some people get uh, a huge cover when they don't need that much yes yes 100% the next question i have is from akhil and he is asking us what happens when i stop paying premiums i mean in most cases when you stop it it depends in a typical vanilla term insurance when you stop paying premiums beyond 3 months the policy lapses in most cases and in a whole of life policy if you stop paying premiums again you have the flexibility to reduce the premiums so that that flexibility is there but in a whole of life policy even if you have 1 dollar in your cash value and if death happens the payout will be given but if you mm. stop paying into the policy the cash value or the account value will not increase and very quickly the policy can lapse 
If it's a matter of forgetting to pay, for example, I mean, a couple of things I did when I set up a life insurance, I set up a standing instruction for my bank. And every month when I have a deduction, I've kept a Google reminder just to remind myself that, okay, there's a payment that's going to go out in the next two days. Just to manage that, you know, well from my side, I think there were a couple of steps that I had taken. No, I think that's great advice. I think this is a very important expense and one where you would want to keep regular reminders or have an auto debit in place. And there's one question coming in from Kunal. He is asking us, are all insurance providers the same and do they ever refuse to pay? Yes, I mean, I can I can completely understand. This is quite a common question. But in my experience and from all the studies that we have done, it is quite evident that if you do not lie or give any incorrect information in your application, I can say with confidence that the insurance company will pay the benefit. And in many cases, there might be a reluctance to give out information in an application. Like for example, if you're smoking four cigarettes a day, please mention you're smoking four cigarettes a day. If you're having two glasses of wine a day, please mention it. Or if your brother or your father has had an illness before the age of 65, absolutely mention it. Because what's happening is, if you do not mention it, you are not hurting yourself. You are hurting the dependents of your insurance policy. Because they would not be given a claim if you have lied in your policy. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And uh, I, I do have a last question coming in from myself. How can anyone reach out to you if they would like to discuss insurance or if they want to audit their insurance policies or if they want to discuss their finances, for example? Sure. Uh, anyone who wants to know about any of the finances or and any insurance policy, they can reach out to me by connecting with me on my website, which is sourcewealth.com, www.sourcewealth.com. Or they can reach out to me via email. They can email me on mitesh, M-I-T-E-S-H, at sourcewealth.com. Well, with that, we come to an end of this episode. Mitesh, thank you so much for doing this and uh, taking out the time to explain these insurance policies in detail and especially the things that people should be watching out for. I really appreciate that. It's my absolute pleasure. I think this initiative that you have taken is great and very commendable. And I really hope that some of the information that we provided today helps people out. Honestly, that is the end game. Thank you again for making sense with me. Thank you.